hello i hope you're well i'm helen perry and this is the just bloody post-it podcast a marketing show for creatives who are selling their work online it's my day job to teach people how to create great words pictures videos messages that just sing about what they do and attract people who will love to buy it and that means I spend a lot of my time talking to people on the internet the community I have there powers my business this is how it works gather people listen to them create the product they need And our guest this week is an absolute master at creating meaningful community. How would I know what my customers want if I don't speak to them? We have a telephone number and I, I speak to the women. Like today, I'm going to speak to maybe five or six of them. Do you talk to them about the product or you talk to them about their lives? How do you chat? I'm fascinated. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really odd. So I call if they place an order and I notice that in the past they bought a small and now they're buying a medium. So I call them and say, why are you buying a medium? Have you put on more pounds? Have you lost more weight? What is going on? And from there, you'll be surprised. They'll talk about their children. They'll talk about their lives. Yvonne Telford is the founder of Kemi Telford, a fashion and homeware brand that she launched after her online audience asked her, where can I get a skirt like yours? And the answer was they couldn't. It was a one-off. Now she sells voluminous, colourful skirts and dresses inspired by Nigerian culture. Some of them are made in Nigeria that are perfect for women to take up space in. You can buy them in John Lewis. Yvonne's been featured in Vogue and we're going to talk about how she started her business. Modelling in your mid-40s, about finding your tribe and creating a clothing brand from scratch. I began by asking whether she considers Kemi Telford to be a fashion brand. It is a fashion business with a difference. My customer said something to me the other day. She said, Kemi Telford is more than a dress. Okay. And I think what she was trying to explain to me is that the dress that you purchase from us is not just a dress. It's meant to enhance who you are. So when you put on a Kemi Telford dress, basically you're making a statement to the world. So you can go to any other shop and buy a dress, but it doesn't, it doesn't, say hello to people before you do there's a nigerian proverb as you know i use a lot of nigerian proverb that says our clothes what we put on should say hello to people before we do because that's the first thing that people will notice so yes kemi telford to answer your question that's a very long way to go you know to answer that simple question um kemi telford uh is a fashion brand with a difference so your clothes are a a warm greeting to other people. If somebody who's listening has not seen a a Kemi Telford outfit, describe it to them. Oh. Bring it alive with words. So the first time I, somebody saw me um, doing the school run in Kemi Telford, she described the dress as a traffic stopping dress. Okay, that means you see me, you double look and you think, wow, 
that woman must have a lot of confidence to put that on. So it's bright. It has a lot of volume. It is just something that people will look at and they will come and talk to you because you just exude something that most people might not have. So that is the only way I can describe it, um, the Kemi Telford um, item that we sell. Did you have long-held ambitions to start making and, and selling clothes? Or is this something unexpected that's happened in your life? Because the brand, the brand is not particularly old. It was established in 2017, is that right? Oh, yeah. It started in 2017. And that was when I decided to go straight into it. It started as a blog where my children who had been at home, my first daughter who had been at home with me without going to nursery because I was a full-time mum for five years. And when she went to school, I thought, what am I going to do? And somebody told me to start a blog since I didn't know what to do. And I sat, I didn't even know what a blog was um, then. And I can remember calling my husband after having coffee with that mum calling my husband at work and saying, when you get home tonight, you're going to set up a blog for me. What is a blog? And that night he set up a blog. And I can remember being too embarrassed to write about myself. And this, the, 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 my face was never on the blog. So I, I hid myself. And what he did was that he took a photo of me with my silhouette, but without my face. It was like a black silhouette. And I started writing. And um, so Kemi Telford started with that process of me discovering myself. Then when I had the confidence, I started to show my face. And that's when people started seeing my outfits and started asking me about the outfit. Kemi Telford was never planned. I just followed the steps, how the universe led me. But in saying that, when I was four years old, I had a dream and that was to own a shop. But I'm a Nigerian woman, you know, my parents felt I should have a respectable career. So they convinced me without having a conversation with me um, to study law. And that's what I studied. But I've gone back full circle to doing what I was born to do which is to dress women in the most fabulous clothes. Does that answer your question or I've gone? No, it surely, surely does. Um, I think it's lovely for people to hear where people started because quite often we'll meet or connect with somebody on the internet and they're years into their journey. And, you know, when I started to share on my Instagram account, I would post pictures of my feet and then I graduated to like part of my face and then and now I just go on every day and whatever it doesn't matter and you model your clothes but it's a journey to get there isn't it yes it is um yeah, uh, yeah, yeah it is because it's quite scary and no matter how confident somebody looks or it's quite scary scary for you to put your face out there because as human beings we're all scared of that judgment um, especially judgment of failure. It's not the failure that really matters because you can handle the failure. It's the fact that the world, you think the world is watching and you're scared to fail in front of the world. 
So I think that it was why for me, and I had personal stories that I wanted to share in my blog and I didn't want people to attribute me or to judge me by what they were reading or if the blog did not succeed, you know, to judge me by my failure. Which, of course, I mean, people are rarely paying as much attention as we think they are, but it's very, very hard to put yourself out there sometimes. I was reading an interview that you had done for a newspaper yesterday preparing to chat to you and you told a story that really resonated very strongly with me and I'm sure it will with lots of people listening. You took time off to be a stay-at-home mum as did I because it made economic sense. Our partners were earning more so we stayed at home as women often do but then you become bored, unsatisfied, unfulfilled. And the story you told was of standing, I think, in the school playground in the rain. And both the kids had their coats on and they were protected from the rain. And you were standing there and you hadn't remembered your own coat and you cried. And it was just one of those moments when you think, God, I guess, how did I get here? What am I doing? This is not enough for me. Um, And it's that Is that around the time when you started the blog? I think what you forgot to mention was I was an angry mother and woman at the same time because I felt unfulfilled. And when you feel unfulfilled, you are angry because you know your life is not balanced. Something is missing. I remember that day clearly. Um, My husband had gone off to work and I got the kids ready for school and I didn't know it was going to rain, but, you know, as we do mothers, we always have like a coat for our children. One was in a pram, the other one was, and we were running late, one was in a pram, the other one was, um, you know, she was school age. She was, and what I did was I grabbed their coats, got out of the house, got by a church near the school, and the sky went dark. You know, it was sunny and the sky went dark, got to the school. And as I dropped that off, it was raining. And I was walking back home in the rain and I broke down and started crying. And I thought to myself, what am I doing with my life? I'm taking care of every other person, even my children. And I have abandoned myself. And I thought to myself, if something happened to me right now, you know, how I just felt lost. That rain, it was a sign. It was heavy rain. It was just really. And I thought, what kind of message? My children were young. What kind of message am I passing on? And I have two girls. Am I passing on to my daughters the kind of message that my mother passed on to me that I should sacrifice myself for every other person? And I made a decision that day that it was going to stop. And um, I wrote about it in a blog. And I, I look after number one now because if number one is ill, she cannot look after the family. So I, I always put myself first. And my husband, I remember my husband coming home that day and I told him what had happened. And he said, in a day, I should give 99.9% of myself 
I mean, of my time to myself. And whatever is left to the people that really matter to me, which is the family. And if there's anything left, I should give to other people. But I need to look after myself. That was what my husband said. Is it these honest stories about um, motherhood, about how you were really feeling about it? Is that where the origins of your online community grew from? Women who, who related to, to that, to those feelings and thoughts? I think so. I think people, the way I see it is no matter who it is, we all have the same story. It comes in different packages. Some come in like a Harrods wrapping. Some come in like a Lidl wrapping. Some is Sainsbury. But when you open it, it's still the same story. It's still the same problem. No matter who we are, especially as women, we have the same story. And I think my honesty in saying, telling how I really feel resonated with a lot of women because they were feeling the same way. And I, when, the, the, when I share my stories, I never share my wound. I always share my scars, which is, is held. I found a solution to it. Then I tell the story. If I don't have a solution, I never share the story until when I find the solution. Because what is the point of sharing a story when you don't have an answer to it? So, um, yeah, and I think the community sort of got what I was trying to do. And, um, yeah, that's how it started growing. What, how big of a community did you have when you started the, the business on, on the blog, on Instagram? I can't remember, but it wasn't big. It's not like what I have now. It, it wasn't very big. What I did was that I listened to what the community wanted um, and I listened to my gut feeling. I always run my business by following my gut instinct because that is a gift that has been given to everybody on earth. Immediately you're born, you're given that gift of your instinct and it's there to protect you. So the business started by me just following my instinct. So it wasn't planned. No business plan was written. I didn't even know. I, I didn't know I'll be doing what I'm doing right now. I've always just followed the voice of the people and my own voice, which is my instinct. It sounds like you're quite comfortable with that. I mean, starting a, a clothing brand is, um, is not, it's not easy. I mean, you're, you're up against huge players with a lot of money. A lot of small brands fail. Has it been hard I think I was naive when I went into it. So thank goodness for naivety. I know. Do you know, we'd never start half the things in life if we knew what we were really getting ourselves into. You, you kind of have to just go. Yeah. <laughs> go. So I think na being naive helps me. Um, there's a Nigerian saying that says, cut your coat according to your cloth. So if you're a size 16 and you only have cloth, to make a coat for a size 14. You, you will have to make a coat that is a size 14 and squeeze yourself into it, okay? You are not, for me, that was, the, that was what I followed. I only had 50 pounds to invest into the business and that was what I did. 
What did you do with that £50? I can remember thinking to myself, I want to invest £50 into this business. I bought totes. I bought 10 organic totes. And one Saturday, I told my husband to look after the kids and I was looking for a printer to print those organic totes. Okay, the organic totes was going to, I, I designed the slogan on um, Photoshop. I had to learn that weekend how to use Photoshop. And um, I got the guy who, you know, these people that sell shops that sell uniforms to schools. Um, I asked the guy when I was buying my kids uniform, can you, you know, print on this on the tote bag? And he said, yes. And I took 10 tote bags to him with my design and he printed it on those 10 tote bags and I sold them. And that's how the business, that's where my 50 pounds went into. And I reinvested and reinvested and reinvested. And that's how it grew. So for Chemitelfer, we don't owe anybody. We don't have it self-invested. We just... We leave, you know, according to what we have. We don't, and, and I love it that way. That means I can take decision quicker. I, I can sleep at night with knowing that I don't owe anybody. I don't owe the banks. I is what I have. That's what I live on. Are most of your sales driven through your own website, your own Instagram, your own mailing list? Are it, is it your existing community that buys your clothes or are you using, you know, website SEO and things like that? How how do people find your... your... It's word of mouth from women that have bought the clothes and love the clothes and they post the photos of theirs and their friends. As I said, they're traffic stopping clothes. I've heard stories of somebody getting on the train and, you know, another lady say, where is that from? And that is how it has grown. Um, you know, we did not advertise for a very long time. And even though we advertise, it would be for one month. Right now I have an advert on, but just for seven days and I'll take it off. But is this a, a face is this a Facebook or Instagram ad? Is that the um, kind of advertising Facebook, you do? Facebook. Yeah. yeah. So it's just once so since I started the business, I think I've already run ads like four times. But really, it's been word of the mouth from the community. And without the community, I wouldn't be here having this um, conversation with you because you would even know Kemi Telford existed. No, I mean, and I, I think I learned about your clothes, seeing them on various women on Instagram that I followed, uh, whether they're influencers or, or ordinary people. I think that's where I, I saw your clothing on Instagram. So it's, it's, it's worth about the people that we've collaborated with, like Tate and John Lewis, um, is through the women that, um, that wear the clothes. The reason I got in touch with you a couple of weeks ago is because I read an, an Insta post you shared saying, this is a tough winter for everybody in business. Just want to say thank you very much to my community. And it got me thinking just about having a conversation about this idea of online community because people who do jobs like I do, teach marketing, say you've got to go and build a community, get a community, that's what you need. But I don't think it's, obvious to people how you do that how have you really attracted a group of people who support your work 
understand what you want to do, get the clothes? How does a person build a community around them? I think by not trying to please everybody. I think that is because you will attract the people who get you. Not everybody gets what Kemi Telford is about. And I've made that mistake of trying to please everybody, which was a mistake because Kemi Telford, I know what the brand stands for, but I, I think there was a time I sort of forgot because it happens in business where you lose your way in order for you to come back, you know, and I think it was a valuable lesson for me, but I, I know. How did, what, what, tell me more about what happened Yvonne. Did you start trying to attract a different crap? What, what, how did you slightly lose your focus? So, Kemi Telford, if you look at what we do, there's a certain kind of woman who can wear what we do. You've got to be confident. You've got to be bold. You want to be seen. Okay. That is who Kemi Telford is for. And for the majority of the women that wear Kemi Telford, they are women that have worked really hard for their money. So we have CEOs of big companies. And I forgot that. And what I was trying to do, what I was told to do when I brought in um, consultants was who did not really understand the brand. As the brand was growing, I needed help. And when you bring in people who don't understand your brand, they'll want to change it to what it's not. So what they wanted or what I was advised to do, and that made me lose my way, was I need to bring in fashion lovers because Kemi Telford is not for fashion lovers. It's for a certain kind of woman. And I now started diluting the brand. Um, and that was how I lost my way. But, you know, my gut instinct knew that was wrong. I knew it because things started falling apart. The community knew and some of them were calling me on the phone because we have a phone. What is going on with you? And I was not sharing my photos anymore. I wasn't sharing photos of the women that were supported me. And it was just a really sad, I wasn't enjoying my business anymore. And I had to take time out to... When was this? When was, when was the, when was the time scale was for this? That was a year, a year, a, you know, a year ago, a year, a year and a half ago. And was it, was it coming from a place of let's grow, let's get bigger, let's make more money or let's be more mature as a business? What was the motivation, do you think? It wasn't about the money because the brand is making a lot of money. So it wasn't about the money. It was about targeting people who will not even buy from the brand. It's me saying wanting to be accepted by a certain type of women who did not get the brand. The women that had I had never even noticed before because I had this amazing community supporting me and they got me. And now I wanted to bring in people who didn't get the brand. Do, do you understand? It's like trying to be friends with everybody. And that's the way to lose a community, which I learned the hard way. But my community knew something was wrong, as I said, and they showed it. 
they let they told me they were very vocal about it and from what they said they said if you're trying to be what you're not there was a particular woman that actually called me and said i'm in my 50s i don't need aspiration i just need a group of women who get me and that is why I came to you. You say they called you, people call you on the phone? Yeah, because I speak to my customers. How would I know what my customers want if I don't speak to them? I, we have a telephone number and I, I speak to the women. Like today, I'm going to speak to maybe five or six of them. Do you talk to them about the product or you talk to them about their lives? How do you chat? I'm fascinated. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really odd. So I call if they place an order and I notice that in the past they bought a small and now they're buying a medium. So I call them and say, why are you buying a medium? Have you put on more pounds? Have you lost more weight? What is going on? And from there, you'll be surprised. They'll talk about their children. They'll talk about their lives. They talk about so many things. And the call that's meant to take 10 minutes might take 25, 30 minutes. And you learn so much about the women. You learn about their lives. You learn about their children. You, they tell you what is working for them, what is not working for them. So for me, it's data. Apart from that, I enjoy talking to them. It's just something that I started in order to reduce the number of returns that we, we get. Uh, I think... There's a huge lesson there around being genuinely interested in what people think about what you're doing, about other people's lives and about where your product meets them. I think that's a fascinating. It's, it's actually what great big businesses do. They talk a lot to their customers to make sure they don't get things wrong. It protects you against making bad investments and things like that. On social media, what's a typical uh, Yvonne or Kemi Telford post? How do you share online nowadays? Do you make lots of reels? <laughs> do you just post photos still? What do you do? Okay, so when, when I went through this madness of mine trying to please everybody, I went through a period. Be before I went... Before the madness, I shared a lot of my customers' photos, my photos, my children's photos. And I always like write a long post about what I'm feeling, how I'm feeling, what that photo of my customer means to me as a way of, because I'm a storyteller. The, 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 the business started as, you know, a blog, we told stories. So I've always told stories and that was what I did. And I went through this period where I was told by my consultant, cut back on the story. And, you know, which is like, the, the, the foundation, that is the foundation of my brand. So then I just stopped sharing photos of me. I shared photos of models. Uh, my customers hated that. And now gradually I've gone back to f just sharing what gives me joy because I don't really look at the numbers. I just, when you're enjoying something, people pick up on that vibe. So I've gone back to sharing my photos, sharing photos of my customers. I don't really, real for me, I do it. My children help me with it. I try to keep it simple because it can take a lot of time for you to get the perfect reel. Kemi Telford is not a perfect brand, so I don't try to do things perfectly. I just do things that give me joy. It's got to give me joy. And when the joy, when I do it with joy, guess what? My customers notice and they react to it. 
they like it and they connect don't overthink it just keep in touch with what you're really thinking and feeling at any time uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about modeling because you obviously you are often pictured in your own clothes you're on your website um do you like do you like that aspect of what you do oh that started as a mistake <laughs> so because as I said I started with 50 pounds and when people started asking me um, where are your clothes? Actually, before they started asking, you know, asking me, I would give my phone to my children and they'll take a photo of me. And um, that was how I started taking photos. And my husband is my photographer. You know, he takes photos of all of the models my children do and me. But I did not plan to model my own clothes. I just had that 50 pounds to invest. And I love what I only wear Kemi Telford. So... I just thought, you know, why not? You know, I wear my own clothes. So it wasn't really like a planned thing. Do I enjoy it? Oh, I, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. When my husband is photographed, when he's the one taking the photos, I'm always very angry at him, you know, and you can hear both of us going, <laughs> arguing, you know, I'm like, you're not creative enough. You're not telling me what to do. and We just argue, you know. So, um, yes, I, I sometimes I do, but most of the time, I, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that, but um, I'm not sure. I mean, you, you've hinted at this. You think it's actually this is what people want to see. I think one of the I think what one of the wonderful things about Instagram is seeing there's no gatekeeper. You can see midlife women you can see different kinds of women from different backgrounds wearing different types of clothes and actually this is this is what people who buy Kemi Telford want to see is you wearing them and other kinds of women like them yeah yeah my customers as I said they pick up the phone so like this new collection some sent emails to me to say Yvonne thank you you started modeling the clothes again they love to see me in the clothes. I don't know why. I've tried to tell them that I can't model all of the clothes. And they still want me to do everything. But physically, I can't. I just can't. I've got to bring in other people to help me. And I think gradually, as long as I bring in the right person, they are fine. They don't want to see... There are some certain models that have made it really clear to me that they don't want to see Again, when you're listening to your customers, is a great thing. But what I'm trying to do at the same time, there's got to be a balance where I follow my gut instinct. Because if so many people are telling you, do this, do that, don't use this model, use this model, this is not good, you just get confused. So I try to just do what I think is right for the brand. I am the face of the brand. I've got to be on my own website. But with regards to the models, sometimes I use my customers to model. Sometimes I bring in a professional model, you know. Um, but I think it can be so confusing and mind-boggling when so many people, I mean, I've got 75,000 on Instagram, you know, followers. And if I listen to everybody, I'll be lost. 
Yeah. And they don't, uh, with with all the kind of goodwill in the world, they don't know everything that's going on in your business. And, and also you have to be able to say, that's not what I want to do. That's not right for me. Um, it's you, We don't run these businesses just to please other people. Like you said at the beginning, 99% for yourself. Um, how many How many people are in the team now? Who do you so, work with? So I've got a lot of freelance people working for me. I think right now I've got some projects in America and I've got five people on that project. And I've got two people here, but majority of the time, they are part-timers. Majority of the time is me. My daughters are old enough to pack orders now. And I want to teach them about the business. They've always been involved. So after school, they come here, they pack orders, they do things. So to be honest with you, it's a family business. The, the, the people, it's, it's a small family business. Um, so it's just me, my daughters, John helps, he's got his own job, that's my husband, and the freelance people and the two part-timers. And is that how you'd like to keep it? Yes. Or are you, yes, yeah, that, that's enough. That is enough. That's enough. And enough is as good as a feast sometimes, <laughs> uh, as Mary Poppins said. Um, what would your advice be, Yvonne, to somebody who might have a bit of a, a gut feel that they've got something they want to sell in the world how can you get started what easy mistakes can you avoid so the hardest step is starting immediately you take that first step you're fine I will say baby steps the way I started and be kind to yourself because I I've made a lot of mistakes. There are some things that I've created that, for goodness sake, you look at it and you were like, even a dog, you know, would not, will, will bark at you if, you know, if you wear this. So for me, I, when I make mistakes, and there'll be a lot of business, mistakes in business, I'm always kind to myself. I always, and I move on. Immediately that mistake has been, you know, saying, I move on. My customer, I'm customer obsessed. I am customer obsessed. I look after my customers. I care about my customers. That helps. But for you to start a business, I would say baby steps. You know, just dip your toe in it gradually. And from there, then dip the rest of the toes, then maybe a foot then a feet, just baby steps. I love it. And I second your advice about mistakes. There is no way you can do anything without making mistakes. I make mistakes every day. Um, and you can't allow yourself to think it means, it means anything more than a learning experience. You know, you're still good enough. You can still spread a bit of joy, help other people, do something that makes you feel fulfilled. Yvonne, what a wonderful conversation. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Thank you for having me. And I hope I've not talked too much and I've answered your question. It's the whole point. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Do you know, I don't think I have ever smiled so much during a podcast recording. Yvonne has a very special way of making people feel seen and included and understood and listened to. And she does it like she means it. Do you deliver customer service in your business like you care? 
care about the experience every single person is having. Success really can be that simple, I think. So why not share the lessons and joy of this episode with your community online? Pop it onto your Instagram stories or into your newsletter and we can all be connected to the good people and inspired by what they do. Thank you always for listening. I'll be back with more next week. Bye for now.